previously on the Dave and Steve show. The skirt uh, is the, the uh, uh, larger part of the uh, is large part of the outfit of of what we say a building is made of. You got the shirt, you got the bra, you got the skirt, you got the stockings, and then you got the shoes. And sometimes the shoes are stilettos. Got the fridge and plugged it in. We're like, what is this thing in the bottom? And in the bottom. Yes. When it wasn't just just an iron to, to like yeah. heat up your meat. I have I have <laughs> never had luck with refrigerators that give me ice out of the front or water out of the front. In fact, I just I never even try. You only and, use the ones that give them to you out of the back. Some eyebrows uh, don't always uh, come back. They're like uh, like uh, indoor cats that get outside. Somebody was going to yank your pants down in front of everybody. And the other one that right. went around our school big time was the nut tap. And that is oh, literally yeah. that thing where you yeah. just walk up to somebody, you smile at them, and you give them the backhanded snap in, in the dick. Steve is an exceptional liar. Right? No, Steve is not an exceptional liar. What I did is I pretended that it was real. Frankly, I don't want to get hit in the nuts. So I'm not going to hit anybody in the nuts because I and don't want to. You're not somebody that's dying to touch somebody else's nuts either. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'll touch a nut. Show number 24 of the Dave and Steve Show. I am Dave sitting right alongside me a mere 27 miles away is Steve. It's a real pleasure to be here. And from parts unknown, the lovely and buxom Tracy. There was seemed to be a theme running through those uh, those comments there and enough context maybe that it was real. Off and running on show number 24 of the Dave and Steve show. Listen, I looked back at this last week. I listened to last week's show, and I apologize for anybody who listened to the show because we were all over the map in terms of sound quality. Some of the things that we discussed were nice and loud. Other things were really low. I have no idea. I even I even tried to do a thing at the end in post to like bring us all up to a better level, and it did not work well. So I we're still we're 24 shows into this and mm -hmm. and I'm still figuring this out. I still don't know what I'm doing wrong. I figure 150 shows in, maybe we'll have this down and that will be around the time Steve can get his microphone hooked up properly the first try. Yeah. yeah. First try. It could very well be, yes. <laughs> so I will so, um so you could run that through like like lander or something like that that actually will will master it for you or i mean would that even matter um, so i well i just help? i listen again this is the the software that i use is adobe audition it's got a couple of things that you can do in post to basically i mean there is literally like an easy button that says like click this button and try and bring all the all the vocals to the same level and it it kind of works but not really apparently because again last week there were i i felt like i was jockeying the volume knob listening to our show last week and so i know others were as well so is adobe audition the free version and then booked it is the premium version uh, i see what you did there it was really yeah it's really it's, good it's, oh my god somebody really please <laughs> okay hey oh, Steve, sorry, am, is, is am that, I, wait is that a is that a dad joke it, it's it's high it's highbrow yeah it's it's a it's a weird like dad joke but dad who is still a waiter at 55 because he didn't get the job that he wanted when he moved to hollywood 42 years ago 
I guess that was Yeah, I didn't book it. I I almost was on that. Uh, I was almost in Charlie's Angels too, but uh, <laughs> Right, exactly. Yeah, it got really close. With a different Bosley. Hey, uh speaking of Charlie's Angels too, speaking of Hollywood, speaking of big time. You guys stick around till the end of the show. We're going to be talking about the time that I flirted with with big time. The time I flirted with big Hollywood. Ooh. We're going to get to that a little yeah. bit later. Um, but Steve, so you, before we started the show, you said, I have a note here. It says, I'm supposed to ask you about your dog. <laughs> so this is what, this is what I did, um, last week. Um, uh, Shed's coming along by the way, anybody that's, uh, that's keeping score oh, at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much people have been able to piece together about, um, my dogs. I have two dogs. I have a rat terrier, um, uh, Jack Russell Terrier mix is what they told us. It's probably mostly Chihuahua. I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, I love her and she's special, but that's not what this is about. Um, this is about the German shepherd that we rescued a couple of years ago that came to us as a very young dog, like between one and two years old. Um, <clears throat> so our neighbor, the vet says, um, and you know, great dog. Um, they found him on the streets down in like Modesto area. Um, oh, this is the one the with the uh, methadone addiction. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one yeah, from the streets. Right. Yeah. Um, so they they found him on the streets. I, I I had a feeling it was one of the dogs that got you know abandoned in some of the fires that were down there a couple years ago. But uh, uh, he's been great. You know, he's goofy. And but something happened a couple of years ago. Last after we had him where he did this alarm bark that was so primal. It spoke to the middle of my brain where like the human caveman person said, I have to be up. The dog is telling me I, I need to be ready. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I was up at like, you know, midnight, one o'clock and went to the window and he is like, he is not the same dog. He is on it. Like he is standing at attention. He's looking directly out the, he's looking directly out the window and he's saying to me, he said, okay, here's the deal. You're going to open the door. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to kill everything. Like he's ready to go, like totally ready to rock. And um, like a totally different dog. And I figured there was somebody out messing around with the cars or whatever. So I tell him to stay there. I go out and I, I check it out. Nobody's out there, but there's a, there's a um, coyote in the middle of the road, um, right in front of my house. And so that's what alarmed him. He's like, Hey, stuff's going down and like totally ready anyway. So that was like one thing that we had that was just kind of, you know, I'm like, wow, I guess he's just a natural guard dog or whatever. Um, you know, another, a uh, few months later, we're, uh, we're talking to a, um, an officer, uh, because we're, we, we had to report another lost dog, whatever. Anyway, the officer came in contact with, with our dog, um, uh, Hawk, we call him Hawk. Um, he's Dr. Stephen Hawking. We named him that after it's, we, we have nerd names for our dogs, but what whatever. the hell is happening right now? <laughs> where is this I, going? I have to tell you. So the officer, you just told is... seven stories inside of one story with 18 sub stories each. And I'm pretty sure I saw a flash sideways somewhere in there, Steve. It's context. Don't okay. take this funny farm. Um, so the dog walks up to the officer, smells the officer's gun in the officer's holster and does this thing where he backs up two feet 
sits down at like attention and like totally like ears are cocked up and he's not paying attention to me. He's paying attention to the officer. And the officer said, um, is that a military trained dog? And I said, oh, we have no idea. We just rescued this dog. And he said, oh, that dog's been around firearms and, and knows, um, knows um, training techniques. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know about that, you know, whatever. But it, that was kind of odd. Mm -hmm. So this weekend, I'm in the backyard. I'm um, hanging around, playing around with um, Wendy, talking to, um, uh, talking to a contractor. And I, um, I crouched down. We were talking about like an intruder. And I crouched down and I pretend to have a rifle in my hand, like a tool I hold as a, as a rifle. I'm crouching like I'm like I'm clearing rooms like a SWAT team, like I'm I'm you know traversing from side to side, and holy shit, if that dog did not just come alive and hit me on the um on the hip, and like he's like oh he's a threat, and he was on top of me, he didn't he didn't bite me, but he came at me like you know how when you when you do things you treat you give dogs treats from your belt. He was biting at my hip and he got in front of me and he was barking. He wouldn't let me near the other two people that were there. And he was, he was ready to, it was the freaking Navy yeah. SEAL dog. That's and he the, was ready to rock. That's the methadone. I knew it. That's uh, <laughs> you need to get that uh, dog some, uh, some, uh, you know, cleaned out a little bit. Some so, so I want to take him through Hogan's alley and see how he does. Um, so that, here's what but, we do. Uh, holy cow. We get, friend of the show Cecil who some of you who are listening right now don't know Cecil but we get Cecil mm -hmm. I know for a fact Cecil owns several firearms we get Cecil to carry a firearm we and put him in your back we put him in your Steve's backyard out. yeah and we film the yeah. whole thing and we just see what exactly happens but Steve let me ask you this in all seriousness are you a little nervous now? Because obviously it, you're not going to in a normal everyday situation have like a weapon or be acting like that. You were you were acting very different than you normally would. But there's also that part of you now who has to be like, well, this dog will this dog will take me down if this dog needs to. I'm actually I'm not I, I, I'm it's quite the opposite. I'm not worried at all. Like he knew enough that it was me. But I'm telling you, if somebody else came into our house, that's the end. Like they, they they're not coming back. That See, that's will. not that's not what I'm concerned about. Because <laughs> I'd be afraid to have like the dog in the car, and I go over the speed limit, and the dog's like barking in the backseat. <laughs> right, hey, right. slow it down. Yeah. yeah. You know, or talking about something. Hey, yeah, I just found this uh, website that has some uh, uh, downloadable music from Russia, and then the dog perks up yeah, and looks yeah. over and, <laughs> and you're like what the hell it's like having a you know a narc in the house that's that's what i don't want yeah the 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 the, the police show up he's like hey i want to show you some of this stuff that he's got going on yeah back here. yeah you um, need to get some dirt on your dog so when yeah. he turns you in you're like he licks his butt like a lot way more than most dogs do and i don't mind telling you so if you don't I want the whole world to know that then Listen, it, I, 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 it was bananas. Like, I, I can't tell you the difference this dog was. Like, he goes from just this goofy guy going and getting you the rope to come play <laughs> to, like, all business. Like, um, he's like, okay, wh where's our exfiltration? We're, we're, how are we getting out of here? How are we egressing out of this place? Uh, you know, like, he's, like, totally, 
like like Navy SEAL Dark. So no, I'm not worried about us at all. Um, but I would totally be worried if there was ever an intruder in the house. I'm, uh, he, he, I'm, what a great, okay. what a great dog. Okay, so we, <laughs> we do the Cecil thing. The other thing I want to do to prove or disprove your theory is most of these dogs respond to, in a lot of the training, it's typically either German or it's Russian. I want to learn some attack dog phrases. I want to put you out in your yard. And I want to yell a couple of these things to see if he'll go after you. Yeah, he's not going after idea. me. I've well, been feeding him for two years. No, if he's trained. <laughs> if he's, he's trained, trained and he hears the I, catchphrase. I think he's see, already suspects you of many things. Anyway, Steve. I think he was just a little too young. Like he, like he was like halfway through the training. Like he didn't graduate. So he doesn't like know all the classes. So. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't. He, he might not be, um, you know, takedown certified on. He's like everything. The, you know, he's like in those, uh, those uh, cop shows. You know, where you have the goofy cop and the straight edge cop. You know, and yeah. He so think of it like cop dogs, where he's like the kind of the laid back. He didn't study. He didn't do well, and uh, he, you know, he calls his own shots. That's the kind of dog he is. So if there was ever like a TV show, <laughs> now now but, I can't uh, help yeah. but picture Steve's dog in a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so we'll get back to steve's dog but i do i want to mention too so we talked about the technical issues we were having last week on the show this week we're having issues up the ass and when i say we are it's me i'm having all sorts of problems with my internet having problems with the recording software having problems with just about everything so we're gonna we're gonna limp through this hopefully you guys heard everything steve said about his dog that's going to eventually kill him uh, but when we tune in next week and it's rebranded as the Dave and Tracy show, uh, you'll know what's happened and we're not going to say anything. We're not going to allude to it at all. There's, you, you'll there's just no know. sense reliving it. No, you'll don't just, my dog. Yeah. Like you'll know snitches get bitches stitches, I don't, I don't <laughs> but it's a, it's a boy dog. That would have been a really great, that would have been a really great, uh, did you say joke. snitches get bitch and stitches? No, I said snitches get bitches stitches. Oh, gotcha. But, okay. Oh, I gotcha. But, but it's but it's he he's not. He's I kind of like bitching stitches. Uh, so Steve, anything else besides your dog that's gonna kill you? No. Oh, there is something else, and you brought this up on last week's show, and I wanted to know how this went. So you made a trip into the heart of the city. You went into Ground Zero, Seattle, where apparently it's been burnt to the ground, and there's nothing but shells of buildings left. No more skyscrapers. It's all overgrown with weeds, and and finally, yeah, and yeah. and it's just all smoldering. So what'd you see? We gotta we gotta have a firsthand report. Oh, oh, just the skittering of the of the mutants that um, that are uh, are are climbing the walls, trying to uh, find the last little bits of algae that they can eat for nutrients. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of um, like four armed and six armed um, homeless, um, you know, bag ladies and, and gentlemen uh, in, in town. They're, it's, it's, it's absolutely terrible. Um, there, there's people driving around with chandeliers for headlights of their cars. Um, it's, it's absolutely, yeah. it's, it's just absolute bedlam in, uh, in our little anarchy town. Um, uh, went up to my uh, office. It was, I mean, it was quiet. It was definitely yeah. Um, 
Well, I mean, let's be clear. It's a pandemic, so it's going to be yeah. quiet in a lot of places. It was super quiet. There was zero people in my office. So I took home every monitor. Right. Um, yeah. That just, I just all the toilet paper. So I have monitors all yeah. around. Old yeah, hand, this, hand sanitizer that, that everybody left behind. Smart board yeah. back here. Yep. Um, yeah. The, the, I'm sitting in the CIO, uh, CIO's chair because right. frankly, it's yeah. always better than the CEO. No, in chair. all seriousness though, was it, was it, did you see anything? Was it all? No, you know, there's a little bit of construction. I mean, there's like, uh, I saw a couple of businesses have signs, you know, up in the windows saying, you know, you know, good luck, everybody. Thanks for your business. Take care of each other. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of protest stuff up still. Yep. Um, but it's clean. You know, the city is not a wreck. It's not in shambles. Um, the part I was in at least. And honestly, it looked a hell of a lot better than it does on a normal day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, yeah. I'll tell you, Third Avenue is a um, Third Avenue is a hell of a lot closer to the um, the Mad Max wasteland that I described yeah. <laughs> at the beginning yeah. as a joke um, than mm-hmm. it is right. when there's nobody there. So it's actually um, it's actually quite uh, you know the city's quite clean right okay. now. All right. You know, well, I just, like I say, I just wanted to find out because you had said you were going. You said I'll fill you in next week on what you found out, and so we followed up to find out that you found nothing. I did not bring the German Shepherd, but now I know I should have. Right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, Tracy, what'd you do last week? Well, besides being indoors waiting for the smoke to clear, um, figuratively, and uh, you know, and because there's real smoke and everything. Uh, yeah, it finally cleared yesterday. I mean, yesterday was the first day where you could go outside, and um, and, and I did. So I just. I mean, everything else was just, and you and I talked about this, like, oh, I work in this office. I will, my computer's in here. This, I'll do some gaming. I'll be, and then I realized I've been in here all day. Yeah. All I need, if it had a little bunk over here and a toilet in the corner, I'm in San Quentin. So basically, um, yeah. And so that I'm having the toilet installed next week. Anyway, um, just got out on the motorcycle and just ripped it up because there's no, there's no traffic out there of any kind. And so just wanting to just feel the breeze. And here's the stupid thing. I forgot. I owe you a link to those earplugs. I remember, but I forgot my earplugs too. And so I got halfway out there. My ears are just screaming. And then I'm like, Oh I, yeah, I thought I took care of this, but here I am. I'm stupid. So that's fine. And then I just tore down the freeway hundred miles an hour and just had a great time. No one's around. Well, so speaking of the smoke, um, one of the things that got thrown around a lot. So I listen <clears throat> and I, I think this is the right thing. I work at, with a lot of people and and you see a lot of people now who are we as kids of the 80s and 70s, whatever, grew up with parents, friends, family members, whatever it was that smoked. There was smoking mm-hmm. all around us, cigarette smoking yeah. everywhere. You either had a parent who did it and quit. You had a parent who still smokes, whatever it might be, but just smoking all the time. It was it was just one of those 80s things. And so now that I work with some younger people who didn't have parents in the 80s or didn't grow up in the 80s, and they lived in a much overall healthier time, especially when it comes to cigarettes, they don't know that. And so... You get young people saying things. And when I say young, I'm talking people in their 20s and 30s who I work with who say, 
you know, I heard on the news today that if you were outside all day long in the smoke, that's the equivalent of smoking nine cigarettes. Can you believe how awful that is? And I actually said in one of the calls, I said, my dad on an average Seahawks game would smoke nine cigarettes over the course of the game. Like nine yeah. cigarettes is nothing. It, I mean, yeah. I know it's an unhealthy habit, but what I'm saying is like, I actually, when you put it that way to a kid who grew up in the eighties, I yeah, should have been outside in this because if it's only that bad to where it's smoking nine yeah. cigarettes a day, that's nothing. Yeah. If well, it's under three packs, I should be able to be out there and play. Yeah, There's no, yeah. No, yeah. 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 That's it. like when we used to play um, the bars and before the smoking ban, um, I, one night I did, well, I, I did kind of the math of how many hours I was in the bar is that if you're in a bar for so long, it's like smoking a pack of cigarettes. It was like three packs of cigarettes in a night that yeah. I was breathing in. And none of the, none of the fun benefits of cigarettes is just all the crap. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you only get the bad parts. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'm just like, oh, nine cigarettes. Oh, then, yeah, well, we should just go outside. This is, yeah. we should just go outside. Uh, I remember, I do remember vividly, like the, so at the, so it eventually became my dad and his wife owned the bar that we would play at in our hometown. It was like the bar. Sometimes there were two bars in the town. Sometimes there was only one. His was the one that sort of stuck around. But initially it was owned by my stepmom's parents. And so they owned the bar and they were the ones who first brought us in, brought our band in to play and everything. And I still remember him taking us around, the owner taking us around and pointing at the smoke eaters. And he was saying, that's a smoke eater there. That's a smoke eater there. And that's a smoke eater there. And then after he walked away, his wife walked up to the singer, Toby and I, and said, none of those work. They haven't worked in five years. He just likes to make people feel better, but I want you to know that none of those <laughs> work. And so there were just these yeah. giant monster machines in there that did nothing. So you were literally just sucking in. And there were, Steve can tell you this, like it was a oh. Cheech and Chong movie. It was oh. just hazy in there, like to where you couldn't see to the other side of the bar because of how smoky it was in there. It was insane. Yeah. Hey, Suri, what's the air quality in here? The air quality in here is absolutely yeah, deadly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you stay here, you will die. So, so you did get out, you did get out, get a little fresh air. That's good. Um, yeah. I mean, that's about it. And there wasn't ride there wasn't to live, live to ride. Through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I, uh, that is my way of getting like a little out of my head. Uh, and, uh, feel like I'm living a little bit. And that is basically, I mean, if I, I don't have many vices, um, at least anymore, but that's really my last one. And so clearly it'll be the one that'll kill me. Right. Um, yeah. or, or the cigarette smoking from the seventies. Yeah. Uh, so we, speaking of vices, so I told you guys, I told you guys a while ago that I had decided I had been imbibing. That's, that's how you say it, right? That means drinking. Boobing. Yes, it depends uh, on depends on what are we talking about? Uh, That's, uh, alcohol. Uh, a bit, oh, yes. A yes. bit too heavy, I think. I think I got hmm. very used to in this pandemic being home and having a nice uh, drink within arm's reach after I had knocked off for work and it got to be more and more. So I haven't had anything in I, I 
didn't count, but it's been it's been a couple months at least that I haven't had any kind of alcohol whatsoever. So then I there is there's a thing on Amazon. If you don't use Amazon, there's something called a flash sale and they will literally notify you and say like, hey, there's this flash sale going on. You got to go check it out right now. I got beer and wine glasses off Amazon because it was a flash sale. Oh, I, yeah. I, I have no use for them. So I, I mean, I don't know. This is how stupid I am that I get suckered into these sort of flash deals and things like this. It was such a good deal. I couldn't pass it up. But now I just literally have something to drink my sparkling ice water out of. Steve, you're going to have to bring over some of your peach water and I'll dump that in there. So you're so you're on the you're on the wagon for a while. Yeah, honestly, it just I mean, I don't I don't have a set time. I don't have a I'm going to try and make it to the end of the year. I don't have anything like that. I'm just literally like I'm OK not having it right now. Don't need it right now. And and I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty terrible. So you're saying you're taking it one day at a time. One day at a time. Yes. <laughs> Uh, he's a friend of bill. Uh, so, so I, speaking of, you know, not drinking anymore, getting healthy, all that kind of stuff. I have a, I have one of those, uh, Pelotons arriving this week. Uh, we ordered this thing like two months ago on the, it was really, uh, I will be totally honest. This was all me. I, I tell everybody that I know that it was actually my wife who drove this whole purchase, uh, cause she has a good friend who has one and loves it. Really, it was me. It came down to me. I wanted I wanted one of these fancy things. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't do spin classes, never have. I hate being on a bike. Uh, so I figured the best thing for me would be to get a bike tailored for spin classes that I could use at home and never use because <laughs> I absolutely despise it. We're going to need to tune in next week so that everybody needs to tune in next week so you can hear just how bad my ass is hurting because... It's going to take a pounding this week. Well, there's uh, there's a nice drop for the... That's you know, I've seen one. the commercials for those. Um, I don't know. <laughs> the, 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 the commercial that's slightly... Yeah. Um, slightly yeah. passive aggressive and, and yeah, mis misogynistic. I don't know that it's misogynist, but uh, definitely, I mean, hey, a husband wants his wife to look good and he gets her something. She clearly wants it. And so she clearly wants it. She's grateful for it. I don't know. And she seems motivated. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes uh, those things work out. I it's an interesting marketing ploy but I, I think there's nothing nefarious and certainly nothing misogynistic about it. Fair, fair enough. Um, I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the Peloton bikes. Um, it's, it's not my thing. I, I mean, I've been doing different kinds of exercises, um, uh, recently, but I have not done that. Um, I just, um, it's, it's not for me, but I think, you know, with the, the way they motivate you with that screen in front of you and they're talking to you directly, it, I, I bet that, I bet that does make the difference. We're going to find out. And let yeah. me tell you exactly how this is going to go. Cause this is how it has to go. Cause I spent a shitload of my money on this stupid thing for the next several weeks, expect it to be the greatest thing ever i will report okay. back that this is the most awesome thing i feel yeah. so good using this it's awesome it's so great that is not the proof point what you need to do is wait it out until let's say january 
Then ask me, how's that Peloton going? At that point, I will say, I haven't been on it since mid-November. I don't know. And frankly, I don't even know. I think it has some mice living in it. So so that's that's the point. That's the moment where Tracy and I will drive you to um, Quitters Incorporated and you can pull a James Woods and sign the contract and have somebody following you around. And if you don't ride the Peloton, they put your wife in a Skinner box and make her jump around. So, so speaking of uh, timely references, uh, so, <laughs> so I'll get there in a second, but my, my wife this week, uh, she wanted the Hallmark channel back. We don't, we don't do cable. We don't do satellite. We don't do any of that kind of shit. What? But there is Hallmark on demand. There's literally a Hallmark now channel that you yeah. can get. And Hallmark knows it's worth. Listen, Hallmark is very aware of its value. It's five bucks a month to have Hallmark now giving you access to the entire Hallmark catalog of movies, top to bottom. Every single Candace Cameron Beret uh, schlockfest you can think of at your fingertips. So she wanted to get back into the Christmas mood a little bit. Listen, we're in that we're in that time right now in the Northwest where the sun's starting to set much earlier. It's starting to get cooler. The clouds are back a little bit. It's we're dipping out of summer. It's it's that time, and so she wants. To, I think she just wants to ram, just flash forward right in. Yeah, yeah, just bam right there. And so she's been doing that. So in the meantime, Trace. So we we get her the Hallmark Channel. That's all I've been hearing from the other room is her watching these schlocky movies. In the meantime, Tracy reaches out to me to say that Pluto tv has its own dedicated what was the first one you said because i'm thinking three's company but there was another was baywatch baywatch has its own yeah. baywatch channel dedicated channel i this made me think between the hallmark thing and the pluto thing i want a dedicated 80s tv on demand service where you can watch mr belvedere you can watch webster you can watch hardcastle and mccormick you can watch all of those 80s like cheesy 80s sitcoms and or actiony dramas airwolf all bj those. and the bear bj and the bear was was that 70s or 80s yeah, it's early it's, 80s it's okay all right. transcending into the uh yeah let's not thing. split hairs here tracy so the yeah. the point of all this is, is that is that uh i want i think that would be a million dollar service i think that would make a ton of money if you could just because I'll give you a prime example, and this sort of goes back to what Steve was doing earlier with his DVDs a few weeks back, where he couldn't find very specific DVDs that he was looking for. Right. Newhart, starring Bob Newhart, where he ran the little bed and breakfast or whatever it was out in the middle in, of uh, Vermont. Vermont, or, yeah. yeah. He had yeah. the Vermont bed and breakfast. You can't find that anywhere. What you can find is season one is on Hulu. Anything else past season one is nowhere to be found. Not even on on the NBC on demand. I'm not talking Peacock. I'm talking NBC on demand. They have a classic section. Like you can go, you can watch all of Battlestar, like the original Battlestar Galacticas, if you want. If you wanna. Tracy's shaking um, his head. No, you see, guys. But this is this is the problem, though. Everything is so like veered off that you like have to go steering off into these obscure like three channels removed from yeah. the parent company to yeah, find cuts. yeah and, and and steve the answer is no because i it's just looked there. so the okay. the point is i i want someplace like this even like and again this is i'll i'll concede 
I'll concede to you guys. We'll do like a 70s and 80s so that we can have that crossover of BJ and the Bear because I oh, want good. a little WKRP and, and in love Cincinnati. Boat. Love Boat. Some of those. And Buck bo- Rogers did not age well, by the way. Well, I'm sure. Yeah. L- listen, Three's Company, you want to talk about not aging well just from a pure premise standpoint all up? That's a yeah. terrible show by today's standards. And it's a terrible writing show. It's it, like the jokes are awful. It's not the point. I want to be able to put Mr. Belvedere on in the background while I'm doing my work throughout the day and just have it playing just to occasionally look over at it. I want Alf. I want all those things as a, yeah. and, and that is stuff you can't find that anywhere. And I feel like there's some, there's gotta be some way to package that all up. So Steve, I'm putting you in charge of this. I want oh, you God. to develop okay. this. I want you to pitch this. And then the three of us will go on shark tank together. There we go. Okay. Gonna, you you have to tell me what Shark Tank is. We're we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to come up with a a snazzy catchy name for this service. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll 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 spitball some ideas. We'll we'll workshop this and we'll see where we land. Yeah. Noid. It's gonna be Noid. Noid, as in avoid the Noid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna take that. Why too. don't we just call it Spuds McKenzie? <laughs> <laughs> You know, California we're gonna, we're raisin. Gonna take all the crappy '80s mascots, and we're gonna man thing. But the, and then yeah, that'll, that'll be it. This is what I want, though. Is I want like I even I we could go to Budweiser. We could go to all these places that had these '80s. Where's the beef? We could go to Wendy's. That was Wendy's, right? Yeah, oh yeah, and we take yeah, all their old yeah. ads and put and them we, in. Yes, yeah. and play them in the uh, yeah. So uh, listen. So I think you're trying to leverage people of a certain age bracket at the peak of their earning power. Yeah. I, I see what yep. you're doing here. I like yeah, that. Well, we'll, we'll, that'll be what hooks Cuban for us. Mark Cuban. That's that'll yeah. get him in there. Like stage or you know, <laughs> wistful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was the arrogance with which you said stage. Stouge. <laughs> Gentlemen, I bring to you Stouge. How do you spell that? What is so you said Stouge? It's not a spelling, it's more of it's a it's a state of mind. Yeah, it's a don't worry about how it's spelled. Falcon Crest every Saturday. And you're not gonna see one damn emoji on the whole thing. (laughs) Not an emoji anywhere on the channel. You know what else I loved watching in the eighties was eighties news. You know who kicks eighties news ass? Tracy Green. And now, straight from the Dave and Steve Show news desk in beautiful Anytown, USA Plaza, it's Tracy Green with this week's headlines. Our first story, a Utah couple said their son broke an unofficial world record by going water skiing at the age of six months and four days. So I saw the video of this. I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> yes. I, do you remember in like the 90s when they had the um, the world's youngest pilot and they were about to take their first solo and the and they like showed it on TV and they crashed. And oh, really? Died. Oh, yeah. no, I don't remember. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. established, I don't remember, remember anything. It was, was it, it was a six year old girl or something like that, wasn't it? Fourteen or something like that, or twelve, twelve or fourteen, something like that. But it was it was terrible. So it all I could think terrible. of when I was watching this footage is 
they're not effing around here like that the the boat and the kid are moving pretty well at a pretty decent clip in this and you can tell you can absolutely tell the kid's got some kind of special life jacket with like a backboard that goes up behind his head in case he wrecks his head but it's not enough i mean it's you can tell that at that speed that kid is still going to have issues were he to go down so again considering you can't really even like gently you know toss your six month old in the air without you know a grandma going i wish you wouldn't do that right you know the water skiing seems well 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 beyond that voice multiplier (laughs) yeah so casey and mindy humphreys posted a video to instagram showing their son rich water skiing at lake powell she said i went uh water skiing uh or i went water skiing for my six month birthday apparently that's a big deal hashtag world record the photo caption reads the previous unofficial world's record for the youngest water skier was set by auburn ash absher who tackled the sport at the age of six months and 10 days. So they uh, got a six day head start. On, so there's uh, a, there, so there is a rivalry between those two families because that's the only way you're like, hold on. No, 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 no. Our yeah, kids going out right? there earlier. I mean, okay. And can I point out for just a second that they named a six month old baby rich, like, they haven't nobody nobody's named rich anymore not richard or ricky but rich that kid is going to be a douchebag i'm sorry he, there's like that that's like destiny for that kid. well he's going to be the douchebag too who is 50 pounds overweight sitting in a bar somewhere telling showing the woman the video of him yeah. skiing yeah. water skiing at six months old yeah and looking to see if now, she's impressed by then but... it'll be a hologram right he'll yeah, be casting right. so it's hey, way off you know who that is yeah that's the world's youngest, <laughs> that's the world's youngest uh water skier back when we had boats yeah it's um, it's it's like the guy who at the time i was in the uh the video uh, making a video game with a company and the guy decided it was a good time to trot out that he was in six pack with Kenny Rogers. He was one of the, uh, as, as he put yes, it, one of the, yes. one of the co-stars of, of six pack with Kenny Rogers. And sure enough, he was the oh, young kid from six pack. Trotted out that, um, that I didn't know anything about the music industry because they were the stage manager for quarter flash. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I shit you not. Yeah. That, and that was, that was like, I'm just like, I'm going to leave this alone. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to know where this conversation yeah. goes. And that uh, is, that is the equivalent of, uh, oh, really? Do you know a lot about that? Were you water skiing at six month old? Cause I was, yeah. I did. Oh God. Here's yeah, the video. Like a very rich thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. Here we go again. Anyway, congratulations rich. to our too, too rich. Yeah. Go to hell rich. <laughs> Our second story, a lifelong Dungeons and Dragons fan in Canada is celebrating a big anniversary, 38 years of running the same ongoing game. And so uh, people who play and and even people who don't play, uh, one of the first questions would be, how can you play a game for 37 years, two two times a week, five hours each, each time, and how are you not bored? How is it not ended? How have you not stopped playing? How can it keep going that long? 
Yep. So <laughs> Warbot credits his ability to tell a great story as the reason for the unusually long duration. Have you guys, have either of you, have you ever played D&D? Absolutely, yeah. I have. Yes. So I was far enough out in the country that I just, I, you got to have people to play D&D. You got to be in a room together. Maybe not in this day and age. You can do it over a Zoom call. Back when we were kids, you had to have people you could get together with, an ongoing game, all that kind of stuff. So I was never, I wouldn't say I was opposed to it. It wasn't one of those things where I was like, oh, the nerds playing their D. It wasn't that. It literally was just, I was never introduced to it because I just didn't have anybody to play with. I mean, I, I would occasionally get the books because I like the art, but I never played, mm -hmm. I've never played it in my life. Yeah, I didn't play it at all really until I was an adult, which is actually a terrible confession to make. But um, <laughs> and so when I was in my 20s, uh, it became something I played. I have not played it uh, since because um, I've just stopped having those friends. My uh, 60 something year old neighbor plays and a lot of her friends um, come over and she has a big like New Year's Eve party and they all they're all about that age and they all play. Yeah. And they have a, they have a great time. They're they're um, totally they're totally fun people. So. I wouldn't I wouldn't for a moment be hypocritical and bag on it because I play RPGs. I play video games. I play like all that. Like, and it's, it's the only difference is one is pen and paper and the other one's on a, on a TV. It's you're, I mean, you're living out a fantasy. You're in a fantasy world. It's the same kind of thing. So right. I totally understand the appeal. I just never got introduced to it. And so a, go, ahead. go ahead. So no, Warbaugh gonna... actually talked about, he said his 38 year old long game is a likely record to Dungeons and Dragons, but he hasn't heard of another game that's even come close to the same length. He says, one of the things that sets my game apart from all the other games is that the only thing that's going to limit it, I suppose, is my lifespan. And that's when Rich stepped in from off camera and said, yeah, you seen this video? <laughs> I'm, I'm wonder, So I wonder how many campaigns it is, because if it's the same campaign, there's something wrong with his game. That's like, are, are you not making the saving throws? Um, super hard it's like okay on the six-sided dice you have to roll a one or better to survive yeah, the dragon. right yeah yeah so yeah apparently nobody in his party has died in the game or perhaps out of it either so oh good so the story uh number three is a man was spotted using a live snake as a makeshift face mask on a public bus in england How, i have questions <laughs> <laughs> Is this the thing where you pull the snake's mouth open really wide and pull it down over your head? No, if only. The uh, unidentified man was uh, taking the bus from Swinton to Manchester, in case you wondered, on Monday, with the snake wrapped around his neck when another passenger uh, snapped a photo of the bizarre moment. So basically, it had curled around. So think of it like winding up a garden hose. And uh, most of the snake had gone uh, around his uh, mouth and nose. Steve, you'd do that, right? You'd wear no. a snake mask. No, I, I wouldn't. And it's it's not because I can't stand snakes and they uh, they absolutely terrify me. It's more of a hygiene thing. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't. It's really difficult to know where a snake's butthole is for the layperson. Uh, mm -hmm. And you don't know. You don't know if you've got it wrapped around to where that thing is pointed right in, or even a nostril. Even if it's pointed right up a nostril, you're still going to get something somewhere. It's, it's very difficult. So, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. A passenger who wishes to be remain anonymous said she first believed the man was only wearing a funky mask until the reptile started slithering around the handrails. According to the BBC, the woman says she found the incident really funny and other passengers didn't seem bothered by the serpent. No one batted an eyelid, she said. And authorities said, though, a snake is not a proper face covering during the pandemic. Oh, good. I look forward to the posters and all the train stations now <laughs> all the tube stations yeah mind the snake i uh, i so <laughs> at one point i had to i was doing some work up in in uh scotland and i had to catch a train all the way down multiple trains but i had to get all the way down to london heathrow to catch a plane to come back to the states and when I got on the train, so the first, it, it, in all the trips I had made over there for business, I would literally just walk into the train station the morning of, I need a ticket to get to, in this case, I would say Heathrow. And they would, they would just sell me the ticket that got me all the stops and got me everywhere I needed to go. The, in this case, the woman said, you know, um, just so you know, there's a big inner city rivalry between, and it was literally like one of those Manchester versus some other place. <clears throat> And things are going to be a little crazy on the train today. You won't be able to get a seat. It's going to be standing room only. Just be prepared. <coughs> Excuse me. When I got on the train, it wasn't too bad. It actually wasn't that bad. Um, there, were, there were definitely people, but it was fine. Like By two stops later, I was so cramped in that train with people just squeezed up against me on either side, and they were all passing alcohol every it didn't matter if they were if it was an 80 year old woman a 20 year old man it did not matter alcohol was flowing all through those trains this is at eight o'clock in the morning that these yes. people are just getting shit-faced getting ready for this game mm -hmm. i was never happier to get off a train in my life i was on that train for four to six hours and it was pure hell being were they going train. all the way into London then? <clears throat> no, they were. It was a couple stops earlier that they were getting off, but okay. it was still. I mean, it was, it was so brutal. It was one of the most awful experiences. I didn't see anybody with a snake mask, but I also wasn't looking at the time. Well, that's um, that's too bad. That would have been uh, that would have been nice. Back to you, Walter Cronkite. Yeah, Manchester United versus uh, some other city FC. Yeah. Uh, story number four: Akron Zoo has a new residence resident for its collection. Hey guys, the Akron Zoo has a new resident <laughs> for its uh, collection, uh, courtesy of an observant employee at Red Lobster Restaurant. Uh, what he was looking at was a blue American lobster floating among the red namesakes of the seafood empire. Some researchers think it is only one in two million American lobsters are blue, the result of a genetic anomaly. Did they win anything? <laughs> no. They, uh, there wasn't, so there wasn't they, they a said, it could have ended up between uh, fried uh, shrimp and uh, seared scallops or squeezed between a cheesy biscuit and a mound of garlic linguine alfredo. But a rare lobster has a home at the Akron Zoo after being discovered at Red Lobster last week. They kept it in the tank just to make sure that nobody took it back for dinner, one of the servers commented. Well, that was thoughtful of them. There was a time in my life where Red Lobster was... It was blue. <laughs> blue lobster 
where Red Lobster was the epitome of fine dining. I could think of no nicer restaurant, whether it was taking a prom date there, whatever it was, it was a special, Mm. we are going to Red Lobster and holy shit, we're going to Red Lobster. Like it was a, it was an event. Uh, I don't know if I've ever been to a Red Lobster. I remember they had like really good biscuits there. Something was like their biscuits were a big deal there. Yep. And uh, I've eaten there exactly once, but I yeah, there's there's times where places like Black Angus and yeah. Red Lobster yeah. were like, hey, uh, put on an extra nice shirt, that's maybe right. wear that's a right. belt that's with right. those pants because we're going out tonight. Yep. We're going to Black Angus. Get out the Hardcastle yeah. and McCormick shirt. We're we're eating well tonight. I believe yeah, I yeah. ate bottomless shrimp at a Black Angus, but not at a Red Lobster. And maybe yeah. if I would have eaten it at the Red Lobster, I wouldn't have gotten as sick as I did. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's just uh, the. Uh, I will never. I whenever we go by the building uh, where Black Angus used to be in Linwood, we drive by there, and I I always recall the story about how the G on the sign had burnt out that night that we ate there, <laughs> and it was prophetic, really, yeah. in many ways. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So anyway, they found the blue lobster and uh, they didn't eat it. So, (laughs) (laughs) And that's the news, fellas. All right. We're going to take a really quick break here on the Dave and Steve show. We'll be back right after this. How many times have you been carrying too many sacks of groceries into the house just to have one of your pinky fingers snap off, breaking the pickle jar and raspberry jam all over the floor? Do your handshakes not deliver the goods on the bottom end? Nice to meet you. Man, your handshake is weak. Weak. Do your gloves not wear out evenly toward the smaller digit? These mittens show my shame. Buff up with the new Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System. Don't mess around with those finger steroids and digit yoga. If you want to build real lower-end pinky strength, you'll want our new state-of-the-art machine. Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System is the almost proven way to build pinky muscle mass in some time with minimal discomfort and the satisfying burn that lets you know you're building muscle. Some of the burn is from electricity. The Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System is the only hand exercise machine that builds muscle mass using old-fashioned exercise with the speed and safety Not safe. of small electrical stimulation. Son of a... Just insert your hand and plug the Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System into any 220 or dryer outlet that you choose and let the Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System do the work for you. Should I try it? Only if you want hot, sexy man hands from your thumb to your pinky. The Pinky Flex Turbo 9000 Ultimate Extreme System. Available now in these fine stores. Happy Hand Adult Emporium. Walmart. Back on the Dave and Steve show, I have to tell you guys, so before we went on the air tonight, probably about an hour before we went on the air, so I told you I've been having all these internet issues. The internet dropped out, and I did the typical, like, oh, come on, like one of those kind of things, because I was just frustrated. I was in the middle of stuff. So when I did that, then I hear my daughter, she starts from way down at the other end of the house, she starts yelling, what did you say? And I said, nothing. And she was like, what did you say? And I said, nothing. Don't worry about it. And she was like, I can't hear you. And so finally I was like, I didn't say it. Like one of those kind of things again, right? (laughs) 
So then my wife yells, what are you yelling about? And I said, I'm not yelling at you people. I was just mad that the internet was down. And then she said, you're going to hurt your voice and it's podcast night. <clears throat> she Ooh. was right. I screwed my voice up. Now I'm clearing my throat constantly. I'm coughing. I keep having to turn this thing down on and off because all through the commercial break, I'm coughing and wheezing and everything else. And it is all because I irritated my throat from yelling at our internet being down. Now, you, your family has turned a real corner when it comes to paying attention to you. Because I recall a story where you said that you had thrown out your back, fallen on the floor. And yeah. you were kind of like very quietly sort of pleading for help. And even that your son was just in the other room and yeah. just, you know, playing with a device or something. And that nobody came. And then finally the, the dog took came and took a dump by your head. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so if, if they are calling out for what you were yelling from another room, I think that's a that's, that's a, a true story, thing. by the way. My old wiener dog pooped by my head while I was laying on the ground, writhing in pain from having thrown my back out. That's an absolute true story. So uh, so speaking of true stories tonight, I wanted to we won't take a lot of time on this. <clears throat> See, there it goes again. We won't take a lot of time on this because I don't know if my voice can hold up. But I wanted to, t to tell the story of the time that I spoke on a San Diego, a sold out San Diego Comic-Con panel with Terry Crews. And if that sounds stupid, there's video. There is filmed video on YouTube. <clears throat> there I go again. If you look up Crackdown, because that was the name of the game that we worked on. If you look up Crackdown, Terry Crews, San Diego Comic-Con, type that into your YouTube machine or your Google machine. You're going to find it. Now, you may not recognize me right at first if you know me now because I was at least 80 pounds heavier then. Maybe not 80, but 60. We'll, we'll say a solid 60. But I did. I, I spoke on this panel. And so I just wanna, I wanted to kind of walk through because this is, I, I will say for me, this is, I can pretty much go on record as saying this is a very once in a lifetime thing. And it all had to happen in a, in a series of different ways for this to, to actually work out the way that it did. We were working on this game, and if you don't know anything about Crackdown, the video game, it is literally a game about super cops. Giant, muscular, male and female super cops who can jump over buildings, who can pick up cars. They are like superheroes in cop form. <clears throat> so we were making this game, and, and we were pretty deep in devel into development of this game, and we got a new marketing person on our team. Her name was Nicole, and Nicole had this i mean i remember the day she came into our pit where we were making the game and she said what if we could get terry cruz to be the spokesperson for this game and it was one of those kind of things where nicole was very young she was in and still is i mean she still works there incredibly talented she was one of those like very she would she would say something like that and she would make it happen and so a lot of the people in the pit went like, uh-huh, yeah, that'll never happen. Some people went, I don't know who Terry Crews is, because at the time he had been in a few things like whatever it was, Friday After Next or whatever that Friday right. movie he was in, a few other things. But he wasn't the Terry Crews that we know today. And so everybody was like, yeah, <clears throat> sure. And Nicole went out and made it happen. Somehow she contacted the right people. She got in touch with Terry's management. It was one of those times where, again, everything had to work out perfect. <clears throat> Terry happened to be at a stage in his life where he had a son who was just old enough that he wanted to make a video game so that he could share the experience with his son. I'll tell you about that a little bit later. But 
he was being quartered by a couple of other video games and she reached out to him, said the right things. And before we knew it, we had Terry Crews as a spokesperson. So I was the art director on this game. And as the art director, one of the first things that we had to do was we had to 3D scan Terry's head so that we could put him into cinematics. We could put him into the game itself as a model, all that kind of stuff. So I was fortunate enough to be part of the very small three to four person crew that went down to Southern California to shoot Terry Crews in this in this suit or excuse me, scan his head. <clears throat> so his head's about the size of yours. I mean, it's, he's yeah, got a big yeah. head. Yeah. So so you have to use like a one of the bigger scanners. So I okay. I should go. I, <laughs> right, I should go back because. Uh, before, prior to this, the first thing we did with him when we had secured him and knew this was going to happen is we decided we were going to make a live action commercial with him as an announcement at an E3. So that was the first thing that I went down to. And this was a, at least for me, the white eyed, I grew up on a farm. Hey, I'm a hayseed kind of kid. This was to me, this was total Hollywood. It was a big set, <clears throat> tons of people running around everywhere, craft services, all, pretty much anything you can think of when you think of like a Hollywood set or what I would picture a Hollywood set to be. This was a big budget affair. They had a suit designed by the same company that did the Iron Man suits for those films for Terry. And <clears throat> we brought him oh, Those are on. very uh, form-fitting. Yeah, we brought him on and brought him and filmed this commercial. And so I was there the whole time. We would talk on and off. Terry was really interested in the suit design, the aesthetics of the suit. He wanted to know about the weapons. What could you do in this game? What couldn't you do? He he was a professional. He wanted to know all about the character. So we talked a fair amount. But one of the first things that I remember is we put him in this suit, and the suit is exactly what the suit looked like in the game. And it looks great on him because he's a big, obviously muscular guy. So we started filming the commercial and it was all going on and somebody, whether it was on the crew or it was within our little group, somebody said, hey, you hired Terry Crews for the muscles. This suit completely covers his muscles. <clears throat> Should we cut off part of the suit so that you can see his muscles better? And we were like, yeah, absolutely. Let's let's cut the sleeves off. So Terry stood there very, he was talking to everybody. He's in this giant, stupid, half plastic, half metal, half nylon suit. It's got to be uncomfortable. It's got to be riding into different areas, all this kind of stuff. Total pro through the whole thing. <clears throat> Took him a little while to get all this stuff cut off. The moment that they cut it all off of him, he did the standard like Hulk Hogan pose with the two fists, like flexing his biceps. And he yelled, sun's out, guns out. And the man has bigger biceps than I think my head like I think I could hide <laughs> behind one of his biceps it is it is insane and and as the filming went on <clears throat> this suit which was very well made now here's the difference Iron Man whatever it might be think of your standard Marvel film they're going to make 50 Iron Man suits or however whatever the number is they're going to have a lot of suits we had the budget for one we had one suit so Terry, throughout the course of the filming of the commercial, he would flex or, and I'm not even talking like goofing around flexing. I mean, he would just do things. He would hold the gun up or whatever it was. And the chest plate on this thing would literally break free and pop up in his face, almost like a car hood. And then he would have to like push it back down and they'd run in and they'd retape it and they'd hide things and they'd stuff things down and they'd get the lights hooked back up and working. And then sure enough, a little while later, he'd do something else and another piece would pop up in front of his face and they'd have to shut it all down. So 
Terry was fantastic through all of this because let's be clear. I mean, he had done like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He had done some big films like um, The Expendables. He had done, Terry had been on big sets with big budgets with people who knew what they were doing. And we did not. Like we were, we make video games. We don't make live action shit. We right. don't know how to do this. And so through it all, he was super nice through the whole thing. So then we do the 3D scan. We scan his head. We do all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> Take all this time. And one of the things that we did was we spent a lot of time with him doing motion capture. So we had Terry in what you would expect to be the standard suit, little ping pong balls all over him, all that kind of stuff, doing all sorts of different, acting out different things. And no matter what we threw in front of him, no matter how ludicrous it was, he never questioned it for a moment. He never said, the only time he would say that is he would say, that seems a little um, mean for what these these guys are. They're supposed to be cops. They're supposed to be the justice. Like, would they do that? And we'd say like, no, nah, that's a really good point. But it was never like, I'm not going to say that because I think it's corny or I think it's stupid. He was down for anything that we threw at him. And we threw some weird shit at him at, at a certain point. There was a, uh, uh, the game's been out long enough, I can say this, but there was a point where the game was going to end very differently, and it was literally going to end with Terry's severed arm in like this, like a bio container where the bad guy was growing his own Terry super cop, and that's how the, the, the game was going to end, and so it was literally going to be him cackling and saying he was going to do this thing, and Terry's hand was going to flip him off in the bio container, the severed arm. So we had to mocap or at least shoot video of Terry because we wanted to get his muscles all right and everything and how it looked when his arm twisted, his forearm twisted. So we literally just filmed, like I have footage, I have probably 10 minutes of footage of Terry Crews just flipping off over and over and over again. It was the most insane thing. He never, he never once said, this isn't what I want to do. What I found out later is that Terry is a massive geek. So... He is a very rich geek, but Terry told us the story of his mom. And I, I don't, I think he shared, I, I know he shared these stories publicly. So it's, I'm not speaking out of context here, but, or speaking out of school here, but um, <clears throat> Terry had an evangelical mother who did not want him seeing movies. She absolutely did not want him going to movie theaters. Star Wars came out. Terry tucked his aunt into taking him to Star Wars. He saw the first Star Wars film, and from that point, he was hooked. He's a massive Star Wars fan. He's a massive Legos fan. He told us, again, I say rich geek, he has his own floor of some studio high-rise in Los Angeles that's his, as he puts it, his man cave. He has all his Lego builds in there. He has all of his stuff in there. He loves pop culture. He loves all that kind of stuff. And so we would get to certain points where people would be trying to talk to him from marketing or from PR or whatever it might be. And when you say marketing and PR, not, not at the Microsoft side, I'm talking external companies, you get the total Los Angeles. Hey buddy, how you doing? Hey Terry, great to see you, bud. Hey, can you come over here for a second? I want to talk to you about an opportunity. It's those people. Oh yes. Terry would actually shut them down at certain points and say, I don't have time to talk to you right now. I want to talk to this technician over here who's doing the 3D scanning because I want to know more about how this technology works. And he would go over and talk to this. And the guy would be like, I, I mean, why are you wanting to talk to me? And he'd be like, I just want to know more about what you're doing here. Can you just explain this to me? This is really cool. This is fascinating. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So super down to earth. Great guy. So we do all this. We do all the, all the mocap for the game, all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and on top of everything else, 
We pitched to Terry that he was going to die in the first five minutes of the game. We told him he was going to get incinerated in a, in a spaceship, and that was basically it, and we were going to swerve the audience. We were going to say, Terry Crews, part of Crackdown, and then we were going to kill him off in the first five minutes. In hindsight, bad idea, and we didn't go with it, but Terry was on board. He was like, that's awesome. For the next game, I can come back. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe I'm the guy who, like... So he had all his own ideas. Again, up for anything. So we do all that. Game's getting ready to release. Now, let's be clear here. Frankly, not a great game. Good game, average game, not a great game. But Terry never once backed away from being the guy to come and talk or do press or do whatever he needed to do, even though we had told him. We confided in him. We were very honest. We said, this is not going to be a blockbuster 96 Metacritic game. This is going to be a very average game. He d it didn't matter to him. He was a pro. He was going to sell the game no matter what. And he was frankly into it. He had played it. He had played it with his son. They loved it. They had a great time. So the time comes for the game to release. And there's this thing many of you I'm sure have heard of called the San Diego Comic-Con. They decide that they want to do a panel with Terry Crews. So they get the head writer of Crackdown, which makes sense. He wrote most of the lines that Terry delivered, if not all of them. They get the creative director of Crackdown, because he obviously is the creative director, the brainchild behind the game. And then they ask me. <laughs> the guy that uh, got a bunch <laughs> of dead cow stuff in his mouth? <laughs> yeah. Right? That's great. So let's let's be clear here. And uh, anybody, anyone you speak to will back me up on what I'm about to say. I never asked for it. I never jockeyed for it. I never played politics to try and, hey, can I speak with Terry Crews? Can I be on the San Diego Comic-Con panel? I was shocked when they asked. I was terrified when they asked. I actually did not say yes right away. I said, let me think about it. And I took the night to think about it because I was so freaked out by the thought of it i had never done anything remotely close to that and so it was one of those talked it over with my wife decided this is something that's only going to happen once in a lifetime probably yeah. i kind of have to do this and so i said i agreed that i would do it if you go and watch the video what winds up happening is <laughs> i think i talk second most very close behind terry I was so frankly nervous and full of nervous energy that I talked a lot on the panel. Um, but it was fun. We had a really good time. It was a packed, sold out room. Terry was Terry. It is one of those things. I think we've talked about it before on the show. I don't remember. You guys, I know you have with whether it was a brush with them or something up close and personal, whatever it might be. When you're near a celebrity or a star who has the sort of star factor, there is something completely different about them. And when they enter a room, you can tell that they're not cut from the same cloth as the rest of the people. They are, they handle, they carry themselves a different way. They walk a different way. People just gravitate towards them. And that is Terry. He is one of those guys who can just turn it on on stage. He's telling stories. Right. He's laughing. He's got people in the palm of his hand. It is a it is a 100% skill that he had. So most of that was literally just us like kind of leaning into his warm rays a little bit while he did his thing and playing off of him a little bit. It was literally like the three geeks and and Terry Crews on stage doing Yeah, there's very much a reason why he's a celebrity. And uh, I'm not. And it's because he's larger than life. Right. And uh 
and but his head is your your head is similar size to his yeah 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 so we uh he was really nice he took all the pictures with us all that kind of stuff and then again somebody can verify this we're still buddies on twitter still follow each other still follow each other on instagram and i got invited to terry's anniversary celebration at the beverly hills hotel a couple years back myself and nicole the marketing person uh, I did not go to that. I do not belong. Oh. At did that. you send a card? Uh, no, that's a that's you know, a once in a really lifetime thing that I will pass up. It's oh. it's really interesting that you see a thing that occurs and you think it might be uh, the stage is too big for you, right? And so you're you're thinking, you know, you you talk it over. I felt this way when Wild Horse Pizza approached us, and oh, I was yeah. going yeah. to. I mean, it was when you were telling that story. I was thinking all the same thing that where there were like all the lights and and well, and and, and thinking, when they when they walked that horse into the conference room we were in, you could tell that horse was a star. Yeah, yeah, oh, it, yeah. It was a not yeah, and they were like looking down. at me, and I was like, "Am I supposed to?" And they're like, <laughs> "No, the shovel." Yeah, yeah. So and then to cap off that that weekend, so because we did this panel and because the panel worked pretty well, the way that our marketing team tends to work is if they see something that works, they want more of it. And so that weekend going around all these different live things that were going on IGN and all these different sort of big channels that had their live stream event from the the show, we were sort of thrust into a lot of that too. And so I got plunked on a stage on IGN live giving an interview about crackdown with really no formal training on this, no actual like press training or anything like that. What just to say, what not to say, stay away from this. This could be a pitfall. Yeah. Correct. And then came back only to find out that they had liked it enough that they were now sending me to London to give a full day and a half of press to, and, and it was just me. I asked who's going with me. It was just me. So I had to do that as well. Looking back on it now, I'm so glad that I did it because it was one of those, like, I took the leap. I didn't die. I didn't crash and burn. Was I the greatest interview ever? No, of course not. And I did fine. I didn't say anything stupid. I didn't screw anything up. Should an opportunity, I'm not saying with Terry Crews or even with a celebrity of any kind, should an opportunity like that come up again, though, I'll feel a lot better doing it because I now know nothing really happened. The skies didn't burn. So here's, here's something to think about, Dave. Um, I know a few episodes back you said, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm, I'm this guy that's aging out of this, um, you know, uh, of this young person's game of, uh, you know, art in video games. And that's one of those things that, is now on your resume. I mean, you've kind of done, it's not like you, you did one thing and you're going to try and, you know, pump up your resume as this is what I do, but this is now, this is like a bankable skill that you can do. Um, you're good at a junket, you know, how a junket runs, you can, you can, you know, kind of parlay that into something. Um, it's that, that's a skill that a lot of people don't have. I mean, you put that together with, I mean, you do a pretty, you know, professional podcast, you put these together and you're able to like get the word out on, on games. You know, maybe you're the old guy that can't, that's, that's can't it, keep up right? in, the, in the 3d anymore, but 
you but you got a good you got a good face you have all the history i mean you you understand so you just put that in your back pocket i'm just saying that that this that's your that's face not in your back pocket <laughs> you have yeah put your face put your face right in your back pocket and kiss your ass right um uh what i'm saying is uh you you have that i mean you you people understand comic-con they say oh yeah and then they they would you just drop them and then they fly me to other places to do junkets. And then it's like, Oh, Oh, he knows, he knows what he's talking about. And then, you know, fake it till you make it. It is. I, I, you know, I mean, now I'm saying this, whoever listens to the podcast is going to hear this outside of the people that I, outside of the people that I work with and a few select friends and family, I haven't even told anybody that I've done this because it, it is one of those like, it, it there was there were again there were a lot of things that had to happen for this all to work out the way that it did and it was almost like it was very close to being a thing where like I was standing backstage and somebody just grabbed me by the arm and said we're down a person you got to go on and shoved me I mean it was it was borderline that and so it wasn't a thing where I feel like hey I, you know I really nailed this thing what I always tell people who ask is I did just enough not to be told I was never going to do it again but but you're you're in a world of introverts and you're right. able yeah. to bridge yeah. that gap yeah. you know what i mean yeah. you're able to bridge that gap and you talked second most and it doesn't matter what you said it doesn't <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it just matters that it came out without a lot of us and ums i uh and um through everything but that's that is not nothing i'm yeah i i think you have a I, I, I think you need to quit your job. I, I already have. While, while yeah. you were speaking this last time, I sent in my resignation. Just, just, just texted your resignation. Yep. Yeah, that's very yeah. classic. I'm actually going to have Terry Crews deliver my resignation letter on the back of the Wild Horse from Wild Horse Pizza. He's just going to oh. bust through the wall. And Oh, God. That is, yeah. I mean, that is the humblest of humble brags. That, that one horse, though, uh, died two yeah, years ago. right. That's oh, uh, Big yeah. Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> Bye bye, big Sebastian. Uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up. That's I just I this I I don't really get a chance to tell this story. I wanted to tell this story, and tonight I told this story. So I'm that glad was, you did. Yeah, me too. It was, and honestly, when you sent me that um that video of that story, it, when you showed me the video for the first time, my jaw is open and on the ground, and I'm like, how? Did he not get me passes to Comic Con? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the, then the next thing was, the, how did he do this? This is amazing. The, the, I, I was I was so proud of you, David. I was the, so proud of you. The the only thing that bugs the shit out of me about that video is that I was so fat back then. I look I I look like but your I look hair like, looked amazing though. I look your like hair a, looked good. a pile of pudding next to Terry Crews, especially next to Terry Crews, because that man is like a 0.2% body fat person. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's older than you too. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And David, you were the person you needed to be. at. That <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to be the person I need to be at this moment and wrap this show up. Uh, Tracy, anything else to add? No, I'm just looking forward to a great week of fresh air. And uh, that's, that's it. Blow it out your ass. Steve, anything from you? Thank you. Haven't I added enough? I think you have. I think I'm done. All right. For Tracy, for Steve, for myself, Dave, and for our good friend, Terry Cruz, we'll talk to you all next time on The Dave and Steve Show. 